Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. Do you have a lifestyle of biblical repentance? Are you convicted of your sin when you make mistakes in the things that you say and in the things that you do? If we are to mature in our devotion and relationship with Jesus Christ, we will need to have a lifestyle of repentance. Let's open our Bible now to Proverbs chapter 1 and look at this incredible principle of biblical repentance. Well, good morning and welcome to another teaching. Hopefully y'all are having a a blessed new year and just uh, loving on Jesus and spending time with Jesus and uh, just pursuing Jesus, growing in your relationship with Jesus, growing in intimacy with him, um, growing to obey him and obey the scriptures and and growing to to uh, more quickly repent when we fall short, um, which is a which is an important part of the Christian walk. Um, Growing and maturing in our repentance is an extremely important part of the of our walk with Christ. It's uh, it's a skill. It's something that we grow and mature in. It's not a religious exercise, um, but it, it's it's an incomprehensible skill um, that 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 as Christians, as those who are who are saved from our sin and who are genuinely trusting in Jesus Christ alone for the forgiveness of our sins and the salvation of our soul. A lifestyle of, of just genuine, heartfelt, even joyful repentance uh, to the Lord is, is critical to our growing in, in intimacy with him, growing in relationship with him. And this is not something that's often spoke about in the church, and we don't even really know what repentance is generally. Um, so again, repentance, and, and it has different facets to it, but <clears throat> repentance is when we change the way we think with a heart to change the way we speak and behave. Now, they are two sides of the same coin. We don't change the way we think and then not change the way we speak and act. It's a process that that works together, but it, it starts in our thinking. Um, you know, before we're Christians, before we're saved, before we come to saving faith in Jesus Christ our Lord, we we have a mindset that's of the world. We have a mindset that's not biblical. Really, the Bible has no influence on us whatsoever, nor does God for the most part. <clears throat> and we just have a worldly mindset. Uh, by the common grace of God, we can do some, some good things. We can be nice to people. We can be helpful. But until we come to genuine faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord, we are inevitably controlled by the world, controlled by our sinful nature. We're led and dictated our lives, the Bible says, by, by the enemy, by Satan and the demons. Uh, and so, I mean, this is a, it's a horrible thing. It's what the scripture teaches clearly. The end of the book of 1 John chapter 5 says that the whole world is under the control of the devil. And again, if you're on watching on YouTube, you'll see the scripture at the bottom of your screen there. 
it's uh it, it's it's inconceivably bad <clears throat> from this point repentance begins with changing your mind with how you think about god okay and again it all it it begins with changing your mind with how you think about sin changing your mind how you consider the scriptures and changing it to a biblical mindset, changing your mind and believing what the scriptures say. For an unbeliever, that's the essential part. For someone who's not trusting in Jesus Christ today, is not a Christian, uh, that's the essential place that we begin with repentance. We begin by believing the scriptures are the word of God, believing what they say about sin, believing that the Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all human beings are sinful, depraved. Um, we completely fall short of God's holy standard, and we need a savior. We're hopeless. We're desperate. We need a savior. You change your mind from whatever it is you were thinking. Many people have a scale mentality, and they think that when they stand before God, he's going to put all their good on one side of the scale, on this side, and then he'll put their sin and their bad on this side. And they have this idea that they hope the good outweighs the bad. And, you know, the Lord lets them into heaven because, yeah, we weren't perfect. We did some bad things. Um, but, you know, we did some good things. That, that, that mindset that I'm not so bad, you know, I never killed nobody. That, that's an unbiblical mindset. It, it, it's nowhere to be found in the Bible, this, this scale mentality. Now, every other religion beside biblical Christianity has that scale mentality. They're hoping that their good deeds will in some way offset their bad deeds. And in this way, they will get to heaven. That is not a, uh, again, it's not a biblical mindset. In, in nowhere do we see this principle in practice. For example, in the state of Texas, if we murder somebody, we spend life in prison or we're executed, regardless of the good that we had done in our lives. All the good that we had done does not offset that murder, and we pay our debt to society by spending life in prison or being executed. Because good doesn't take away bad. It's the same with the scriptures. So at whatever place you may be thinking that you and yourself have the power to approach the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and in yourself get to heaven, you repent of that. You change the way you're thinking about that. You believe the scriptures that you're hopeless, helpless, and desperate as a sinful person and your only hope is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus himself declared in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus of his own words declared that only in him can we ultimately have relationship with God the Father and go to heaven when we die. And that's because only in Jesus Christ 
can we be forgiven of our sins. Only in Jesus Christ can our soul be saved and can we ultimately go to heaven. So repentance begins, okay? If you're not a Christian today, by changing the way you've thought about God, the way you've thought about Jesus, and the way you've thought about the Bible, coming before Jesus and humbly humbling yourself before him, right? In a humble, contrite heart, acknowledging that. You come before Jesus humbly, and you, you simply, with a, with a heart of understanding and belief in the word of God, you say, Lord Jesus, I, I do confess that I am a, a sinful person. And Lord Jesus, I know there's nothing I can do to save myself from my sin. I am hopeless. I'm helpless. I'm desperate, Lord Jesus. But Jesus, I believe the word of God. I believe the Bible. I believe that you are the son of God and that you became a human man for me. And that you lived a perfect life for me. And that you died on the cross, a perfect death for me. And I believe that you are alive and risen today, Lord Jesus. And therefore, Lord Jesus, I do ask you now to come into my heart. And to be the Lord of my life. And to save me from my sin and to bring me to heaven when I die. Lord Jesus, I place all my faith and trust and confidence in you alone to save me from my sin, to bring me to heaven when I die, and to be my everlasting Lord and God. Lord Jesus, it's in your name I pray, Lord. Amen. Now, it's not those words that save us. You Use the words that you just heard me say if, if you're receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or if you're not sure you've received him. But it it. What's important is the sincerity and genuineness of our heart. What's important is that we truly are repentant. That we truly are coming before the Lord in line with what the Bible teaches. We have changed our mind and our thinking and our heart with regard to how we're going to approach God. And that's only can be in and through Jesus Christ. Now, as Christians, a part of this repentance is now with Jesus Christ living in you, you ask Jesus to come into your heart, to be the Lord of your life. He's one with you by his spirit, by the Holy Spirit. You begin to live a, a lifestyle of repentance. You begin to live a lifestyle of, of, of living in line and obeying the scriptures. You have a lifestyle of of being convicted of your sin because the Spirit of Jesus Christ, the, the Holy Spirit, lives in you. In the Spirit of Jesus living in you, Jesus himself living in you, convicts you of your sin because as believers in Jesus Christ, although our sinful nature, the power has been taken from it, regrettably, it's not eradicated and we still as Christians, regrettably, um, have sinful thoughts and speak sinful words and do sinful actions. But repentance means that we have a heart to, 
to come before the Lord and to confess our, our sin to him, to confess what we did wrong, which simply means to agree with him, right? It doesn't need to be, uh, uh, you know, again, a religious exercise, but it is something in your heart where you see inside yourself a thought process or a behavior or a speech. And 1 John 1.9 says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Do you have a lifestyle of confessing your sins? Do you have a lifestyle as a Christian today of going before the Lord and, and repenting of behavior in your life, whether it be behavior of your thoughts, words, or your actions and your deeds, and just going before him and saying, you know, Father, I'm sorry. I, uh, I don't want to think this way. Father, I'm sorry that I, I spoke this way. Look, please forgive me for behaving this way and, and doing this. Do you have a, a lifestyle of, of daily repentance as a Christian? You know, I was, I was, uh, I was planning on teaching in 2 Chronicles 7.14 today. But I don't know how long I've been rolling here, but uh, I don't think I'm going to. Uh, I don't think I'm going to do that today. I think uh, I do think that the Holy Spirit is leading to to speak about these principles. So I'm going to continue on this this teaching of repentance, and uh, you know that that's what it's going to be about today. Um, just because we've been, uh, you know, we've been, you know, we've been in this now, you know. I have a clock up here on my iPad and uh, I think it's been around 15, 16, 17 minutes. So um, go ahead and turn to Proverbs 1, verse 23. Proverbs 1, verse 23. Turning there in my Bible. Sometimes I like using the paper Bible, but I really love the, the electronic Bibles as well. Proverbs 123. If you had responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you and made my thoughts known to you. That's a pretty profound verse, right? It's speaking about wisdom here, right? And the, and the scriptures, you know, teach that Christ is our wisdom, right? In Jesus Christ is the only way we can have any wisdom, Um if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's 1 Corinthians 1, um, verse 30. Um, um, yes, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30 says, It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. It is because of him that you are 
and, and it's speaking of God here, but it is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. So Proverbs 1.23 says, if you had repented, if you had responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you and made my thoughts known to you. That's a good proverb for us to think about, right? If you had responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you and made my thoughts known to you. As a believer in Jesus Christ, and if you're not sure you're a believer, back up the tape and repent in the way you've been thinking. Come before him with your conviction to believe the word of God as was just as I just laid out there and give your life to Jesus Christ because until you give your life to Jesus Christ none of this matters in any manner or in any way that is the essential necessary absolute first step to approaching God in any manner or in any way is to give your life to Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul when you do that, God the Father becomes your heavenly father. He's your father. You're his child. And now all these other things apply to you as well, right? All the blessings that go with becoming a child of God, which are limitless. And, you know, all the opportunities that come to now begin a life and a lifestyle of walking with the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in a Christ-like and Christ-centered way. And really, it's the most exciting thing ever. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing in our lives that's more exciting than just walking with our Father and with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit. All God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three separate beings, the triune God is revealed in the scriptures, the Trinity. And as Christians, we get to walk with them and to experience intimacy and relationship with them. But the biggest key to that, okay, is having a devotional life, spending time with them in the scriptures, spending time in the word of God doing what we're doing here, listening and studying the scriptures, listening to good Bible-based teachings, meditating on the scriptures, as it says in, in Psalm 1, night and day, day and night, spending time in your Bible, Bobby, reading your Bible, Scott, studying that Bible, Esther, meditating on that Bible, Peyton. Now, part of this process of reading the scriptures, studying the scriptures, meditating on the scriptures, of course, obeying the scriptures. You have times of prayer with the Lord throughout your day and thanksgiving and praise and worship. And certainly we do all that at church, which is, is important and a good thing, but it's uh, the most important thing. I mean, church ought to be a, a Sunday like dessert for us, right? You go to church, you hear a good, solid Bible-based message that drives you out for the rest of Sunday and all of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yourself spending time in the Word of God with the Son of God, Jesus Christ our Lord. 
Now, as you as you practice this devotion to Jesus, Corinne, spending time in the scriptures, reading your Bible, studying your Bible, spending time in prayer, spending time in thanksgiving, um, spending time in praise and worship, um, adoration, just joyfully loving on the Lord, a pivotal part of this devotion is having a lifestyle of repentance, as we've been talking about here, right? Proverbs 1.23, if you had responded to my rebuke, as I said, in Jesus Christ, God the Father is our heavenly Father. We're his sons and we're his daughters. It's the greatest privilege. I mean, there's no words for it. God is our Father. It's amazing, right? He loves us as a loving Father, Jason, right? He loves us unconditionally. But just like our children who we discipline, just like our children who we rebuke when they do wrong, right? When our children speak wrong words, when our children are selfish, when our children behave in ways that are that are just that are that are that are wrong, we 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 rebuke them. We scold them. We say, you know, we, we explain to them that that's wrong. And we implore, you know, discipline. You know, the scripture clearly says, as I tell my man Stephen, right? Spared a rod, spoiled a child. Right? Um, if you don't discipline your children, okay, you will spoil them. And you will actually put them on a path of worldliness, right? Remember, all human beings are sinful. Our children, the scriptures say, are born sinful. In Psalm 51, King David says, surely I was sinful from my mother's womb. And I've often told the story of my daughters, Kristen and Lauren, and, you know, those who listen to these all the time have heard the story, but at one year old, right, Wendy, we we got them the same toy, and they were identical toys, right? One year old. What does a one year old know? Right, Pop? Nothing. And they're playing with the toy and having fun with it. All of a sudden, my daughter Lauren looks up, looks back and forth, and feasts her eyes on Kristen's toy. It's the identical toy to their, her own because they're twins. It's the kind of thing I did. I bought them the same thing. Matter of fact, I still do that. They were laughing about it this Christmas is one, you know, if they have like four gifts a piece or something and, uh, you know, one of them opens a gift of a scarf and the other hasn't opened that yet, they believe that the other one's going to have a scarf of a different color. And I, I didn't think that was true, but... I guess I did get the other one that. So it, it still happens today. But one-year-old, Lauren starts eyeballing Kristen's toy, the same toy she has. And she gets in her little mind that sinful nature, right? Because kids are not innocent. Yeah, they're not, they're not yet accountable for this sin, right? But we still discipline them for it because it's wrong, right? 
again, there are there are people who don't like this. I don't even know that I like it, but it's biblical. It's just the truth, right? You could see the sin in your children, okay? So Lauren then goes to walking across, stumbling. You know, they just learned to walk whatever age. And takes Kristen's toy, the same as hers, waddles it back to her toy, puts it down next to her, so now she has both of them. Kristen has none. <laughs> Where did she learn to do that? Certainly the mother and I didn't teach them to do that, right? You don't teach your children, be disobedient to daddy. Just somehow, somehow it happens all on its own. Right? It happens on its own because it's their nature. All human beings have a nature to sin. As we've said over and over and over and over, it's only in Jesus Christ that that nature of sin, right, can be, can be rendered powerless and that the spirit of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit in you now comes in and gives you the power to resist that sinful nature and to live a godly life. Again, the power of the sinful nature is taken and the power comes in the spirit of God joined to your spirit, giving your spirit life, eternal life. You become spiritually alive and now you have the power to resist that sinful nature, which regrettably, although rendered powerless, is not eradicated. It's still there, as I said, and as Christians, we can still behave in this way. So naturally, Kristen is bawling, crying, because her toy has been taken. And Lauren is just as content and happy as can be because she has both toys and her sister has none. Now, naturally, right, your mother and I have to go and take the, 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 the second toy from Lauren that she took from Kristen and say, no, sweetheart. You can't do that. And no, she keeps holding it and grabbing it. No, sweetheart, you can't do that. No, no, right? Because she don't want to let go of the second toy. She wants to hold both, right? So you, you slap her hand, right? No, right? And now she starts bawling. Didn't even take both, by the way. Only took Kristen's toy, but she's mad because she wants both. Walked the toy back to Kristen, Right? Give her the toy. She's not crying anymore. Kristen's just happy because she got her toy back. But then Kristen looks at Lauren bawling. <laughs> and she's happy that Lauren is crying. Now, should she be happy that Lauren's crying? Of course not. Right? But the stories go on and on. Right? My sweet daughter, Lauren, when Kristen would make mistakes at later years. You remember, Lauren, when you said... Uh, uh, you know, when Kristen was misbehaving and you came to me and said, Daddy, you know, Kristen's not listening. She's not obeying. I said, what should I do, honey? And you said, tan her behind, I guess. <laughs> so, so we have this, this nature, right? We're born with it. And because of this, we're, 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 we're driven to a sinful lifestyle and as parents, if we don't correct that, it will lead our children to a worldly lifestyle, to an ungodly lifestyle, to an unbiblical lifestyle, uh, to a useless lifestyle. 
If we do not discipline our children, we will lead them down a path of spiritual death and in utter sinfulness, right? So really every rational parent in the world, whether you believe in Jesus, whether you're a Christian or whether you're not, every rational parent disciplines their child because instinctively, biologically, we know the law of right and wrong that the Lord has written on our hearts. And so we tell them, you know, we correct them from bad behavior. So again, all that's to say that that it's important that we deal with this in our children, even from a young age, then we grow up, you become a Christian, hopefully at a very young age, and with the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit living in you, you respond to that that rebuke from your heavenly Father. Remember uh, Proverbs one twenty three. If you had responded to my rebuke, it says Uncle Dennis. If you had responded to my rebuke, our heavenly Father, in the same way that good sound earthly parents discipline and rebuke their children for for bad behavior, bad, you know, bad bad words, selfish behavior, selfish, you know, um, you know, just acting, right? Acting in a selfish way, behaving in a bad way, certainly speaking in a bad way and in an unthoughtful way, in a hurtful way, we rebuke them. Our heavenly Father does the same with us. And look at the blessing if we will repent, if we'll respond to our Heavenly Father when He does correct us and rebuke us. And when we look at our lives, when we look at the church as a whole, okay, I mean, every one of us as believers, now we're all on a different, we're all in a different place with regard to us. I'm sorry, we're all in a different place regarding our maturity in Christ, um, how developed we are in our relationship with Christ. Um, Again, it begins with receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and then you spend the rest of your life growing to know him and growing to be more like him. Uh, The Bible calls it sanctification. Um, uh, First Thessalonians says, this is the will of of God for you, and that is your sanctification, becoming more and more like Jesus in every aspect of your life. But if we will repent, right, at the conviction of our sin, right, if we will repent, Jose, verse 23, if you had responded to my rebuke when your father rebukes you, when your father convicts you, when the Spirit of God convicts you that You've been out of place in your thoughts, words, and deeds. And as I said, the more you do this, the more you'll be aware of it. The more mature we become in Christ, it's it's exciting because the more we can see the depth of the areas we're not like him, and the more we just experience his, his, his pulling us toward him, rap, right, uh, in repentance. One of the hardest aspects for people to repent is because they they think it's a, a terrible thing. They feel horrible. It, it all ties into how they feel. Repentance is not about how you feel. It's a joyous thing. It's not something you have to do. It's something you get to do. One of the great issues in the in the church today is that Christians don't understand that even though they're saved, 
even though they've given their life to Jesus Christ, even though they're forgiven of their sin and going to heaven, they don't understand how bad they still really are. They really don't, right? Um, and if you don't have a lifestyle of being convicted of your sin, of really understanding, you know, where, you know, where, you know, you've been, you've been out of place and not aligned with the word of God. If you don't have a lifestyle of this, then you are unquestionably just a baby Christian, just like Kristen and Lauren that are one year old. They really don't know any better. They just roll into it and do it. A Christian who does not have a lifestyle, and I'm talking a private lifestyle with the Lord, okay? I'm not talking about going before a pastor or a priest. All those are good things. But far more important than that is having a daily lifestyle of walking with the Lord. In Proverbs 123, May, if you had responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you. And made my thoughts known to you. That's that's kind of incredible. Right? Look at the blessing to the person who has a lifestyle of repentance. Now, a lifestyle of just confessing to the Lord, which again just means agreeing with him. When you've had a pattern of thoughts or you've spoken something or done something, that's, that's just selfish it's it's sinful it's not what the word of god it's not how the word of god would have you to behave or think or speak and you respond to that you repent when your heavenly father rebukes you just imagine if your children when you discipline them or rebuke them or you say no and they respond in a proper way instead of just an angry and bitter and frustrated and i hate you and you know all the, all the things kids say, right? Kind of things we said when we were young. If you had responded to my rebuke, and again, your father is not, your heavenly father is not being hostile to you, Benny. He's not, he's not mean. He's not angry. He loves you. It's the way you will your children one day. And because of that, he lovingly corrects us. He rebukes us. And if we'll respond to that, May, if we'll repent, it says, if you had responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you. My wife's uh, verse for 2021, right, was in the Beatitudes in Matthew 5. We had all in kingdom discipleship been, uh, we've been talking about what verses we're going to have for 2022 to meditate on and to really think about what are the things in our lives and the verses that correspond with them that we, this time next year, we want to have grown in and matured in, in our walk with Christ. And my wife's was in Matthew 5 and the Beatitudes that we just got done teaching. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And we talked about that in the Beatitudes on how the more pure our heart is, the more we do respond to, to his correction, to our father's correction, the more, the more we have a heart in line with the Lord and to walk with the Lord and a heart of forgiveness and love and mercy. 
the more we will see our the triune God, the more we'll have eyes that see and ears that hear, the more we'll see him in every aspect of our lives, right, Anthony? The more we'll see him in nature. He's not nature, but the more we'll see the hand of our heavenly father, of our God in everything, the more we'll see him in our finances, the more we'll more revelation we'll have of him in the scriptures. And so my wife's been walking that out. She wants to carry that over because I, I guess she didn't figure it all out yet. <laughs> I guess she's not uh, perfectly pure in heart and none of us are, right? Again, it begins with coming to Christ and then we spend the rest of our lives in purifying our heart in cooperation with the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. You've heard me say over and over and over and over and over, we can't do any of this until we first come to Jesus Christ. Jesus said, with me, without me, you can do nothing. With me, all things are possible. Without me, you can do nothing. As Christians, we don't do these things in our own strength and our own effort. We do have to apply ourselves, okay? We do have to determine to do these things. They do not happen on their own, Josh. They won't just happen because you're a Christian and you open your eyes one day, each day, and you step out of bed and it's just going to happen. You have to cooperate with Jesus, cooperate with the Holy Spirit who lives in you on a moment by moment, day by day basis. And as you willingly cooperate, which is the process of sanctification, cooperating with the Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and becoming more like Jesus, as you do that more and more and more and more, this says, if you had responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you. That's my desire for this year, to increasingly walk out this, this incredible verse. If you had responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you. Do you desire for Jesus to pour out his heart to you? Wouldn't you like that? Is there anything greater than that? I would have poured out my heart to you and made my thoughts known to you. So this has been a little different style teaching today. Um, again, this is not what I had planned. Um, I believe the Holy Spirit, in hindsight, was leading this way. We have been we spoke about these things in Bible study uh, a couple, you know, on Tuesday two days ago. You know, the guys had brought their scriptures. Man, they did a good job of just uh, just the scriptures they brought to uh, you know that they just want to live by. And so just having this, this heart of repentance, having a desire to, to walk more obediently in the word of God. Again, keep in mind, this has nothing to do with our salvation. This has, this has nothing to do with having our sins forgiven and going to heaven when we die. Okay? That doesn't come by anything we do. Our salvation, as it says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, right? It is by grace you have been saved. It's by God's unmerited favor. We're saved by God's grace, not by anything we've done. It's by grace you've been saved through faith. It's by trusting in Jesus Christ. It's by having our faith 
in Jesus Christ and what he's done for us on our behalf and in our place at the cross that we're saved. It says it's a gift of God. It's not, it's not by works. It's not by anything we've done. It's a gift. You don't earn a gift. It's, it's, it's given to you. It's not by works. Okay. So we're not talking about here our salvation. We already spoke about the necessary step and how to come to Jesus Christ in faith for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul. We're talking about for someone who's made that step, has become a Christian, is in relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Someone who is a child of God the Father, and now having a lifestyle of biblical repentance. When you study the scriptures and you read something, man, and you just read it slowly and you meditate on it, and you just say, you know, my life is not like that, and you, and you repent. And again, the more you do this, the more excited you get about it because you want to be like Jesus. You want to really be like Jesus in this life, right, Kristen? You want to live more like Jesus, right, Lauren? I'm, I'm blessed that I have two beautiful daughters and a wonderful son-in-law that are, that, are, that are striving to be like Jesus more, not striving from a religious sense, not because they have to, but because you get to. It's a new year. I don't know, again, when this teaching will post. These are pre-recorded. Um, you know, probably the, you know, first week of January, the end of the first week, somewhere around there, between January 1st and 10th. Um, but let's make this a year of having a lifestyle. If you had responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you. Golly, Father, we want you we want you to pour out your hearts to us. So we ask you to help us to respond to your correction, to your rebuke. Holy Spirit, I ask you to clean out my ears. They're big enough. Clean them out so that I can hear your rebuke, so that I can hear you clearly, so that I can joyously hear your loving, your loving correction for me. Father, we want to hear your loving correction Father, we know you're not some angry, bitter old man, God, just angry and bitter. And we know, Lord, that, that you are loving and that in love you discipline us, right? As, as Hebrews 12 tells us, you're just a loving father that disciplines us as your sons and daughters. And Lord, undoubtedly, so that in our responding that we would know your heart more. And that's what we want, to know your heart more, Father. Father, you told us that if we would respond to your rebuke, you would pour out your heart to us and you would make your thoughts known to us. Lord Jesus, we want to know your thoughts. We want your thoughts to be our thoughts. Father, regrettably, we know the famous scripture that says, your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. But Father, we want to know your thoughts. And we want to know your ways, as Moses said, when Moses said, teach me your ways, Lord. We want to know them 
so that, Lord, we could have your thoughts replace our thoughts so that we could think what you're thinking, that we might know you, that we, we might be of one mind with you. Wow. Wow. Lord, we just love you and we bless you and we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your mercy and your love and your goodness on our lives. We thank you for your favor. We thank you for your grace. Holy Spirit, we ask you to help us now. Again, give us eyes that see Jesus and ears that can hear Jesus. Lead us and guide us that we might walk in this way of biblical repentance. Father, I pray that all those that don't know you would give their lives, would genuinely give their lives and humble themselves, change the way they've been thinking about, about you, that they would give their lives to Jesus Christ, our Lord, that they would be saved from their sin, that they would become your children and be on a path to heaven. Lord Jesus, we worship you and we thank you today. We thank you for becoming a human man for us, living a perfect life for us, and dying a perfect death for us. Lord, we love you and we bless you. We commit this time into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.